morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, and it's life-transforming. Today's really meets a need that a lot of us have, and that's about unity and how to help fractured, broken relationships. They're all around us. They're in our families. They're in our country. They're in our church. And, and we want to talk, and Paul talks today about, about this in the Philippian church. It's not new. We might think it's never happened before, but it has, does happen. And Paul gives some simple advice. The Bible's filled with advice about how, how to have harmonious relationships. We'll jump right into it. A special welcome today to any who are joining us. And I hope you will join us regularly. We come here every day to get in the Word of God because we believe there's value in being strengthened, inspired, and encouraged on a daily basis, not once a week. That's just not going to cut it in today's world. You, if you want to be a strong Christian, you got you need to have daily strengthening, and that's what we provide here. We're in the book of Philippians, chapter four, and let's jump right into it here, verse two, where Paul writes and he says, "I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord." Evidently, these were two women who were in the church who weren't getting along with one another, and so he says, "Indeed, true companion." I ask you to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. These were good Christian people. They had shared in Paul's struggle. They were involved with Paul. Paul knew them by name. He'd left Philippi, but he he remembered these people by name. They must have been dear to him. They must have been—Paul knew a lot of people. He remembered these two women— but evidently they weren't getting along together, and something had happened, something had caused a rift for some reason. And so he's writing, and he says, help them live together in harmony. Indeed, this idea of unity goes throughout the book of Philippians, and maybe he had these two women in mind in chapter 1, verse 27, when he says that we should strive together for the faith of the gospel. The idea is we're all on one team, he's, is, is what the implication, what he's given, we're all together on one team. And then in chapter 2, where he talks about do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, look out for one another's interest, and that would make Paul's joy complete if people had that type of unity in the church. And so maybe he had these two women in mind, and now he's coming to the last chapter. He's, he's bringing his, this letter to a conclusion, and he mentions them by name. I'll tell you, earlier in chapter 2, he mentioned some people who'd sacrificed for the gospel. And now he's mentioned these two women. They he speaks well of them. They shared a struggle, but their name is in the Word of God forever. As people who weren't getting along with one another, boy, I'd hate to be remembered that way. I don't know about you. I'd rather be remembered like Timothy or Epaphroditus or some of these people who had sacrificed for the Lord and who'd done heroic acts for the Lord than to be remembered as, hey, help these people get along with one another. So if that's you having trouble getting along with one another, let's correct that. Let's fix that so that you that, so that's not how you're remembered, right? Notice what he says here. Help these two women live together in harmony. Now, this is a really interesting idea because harmony, and if you know music, harmony means people are singing different parts, but it all sounds really good together. They're not all singing the same notes. They're singing different notes, and the notes work together. And indeed, sometimes we think that to be united, we all need to be doing the same thing. 
But that's not what harmony is. Harmony is different things that come together to make the one beautiful sound. Now, we need to have a common purpose, a common goal, the glory of God, the advancement of the gospel, standing for the Lord and his truth. But we might have different gifts and different callings on how to go about doing that. And it's really easy in a church to think everybody ought to be like me. Everybody ought to do what I do. And to look at all all other Christians just through the lens of my spiritual gift and my spiritual passions, and to not respect those who might see things or do things differently. This is a very, very important thing for God's work to be accomplished. Harmony. We don't have to all do the same thing. We don't all have to uh, have the same gifting. God gives different gifts, different roles. We're like a like in an army, not all soldiers are on the front line. You've got the supply lines, you've got the communications, you've got all kinds of different things. In a body, we don't all, we're not all an eye, we're not all an ear, we're all not a mouth. We have different parts, we have different, different parts of the body, and in the body of Christ, we have different roles that we carry out. All the body working together for the common purpose of the glory of God the advancement of the gospel, but we have different roles. I I preach on the college campus. People sometimes ask me, Tom, do you think everybody ought to evangelize this way? I say, no. Boy, the world would be, what would the world be like if everybody did just what Tom Short does? I don't know. I think everybody has their role to play. Everybody ought to do what God is leading them to do for the glory of God and the advancement of the gospel. But not everyone ought to do what I do. We have all different gifts, different things to do. So he urges them, live in harmony. And I encourage you, if you're divided from somebody or having problems with it, could it be that you're not respecting their gifting? You're not respecting how God is leading them? Hopefully you're all got the same goal, but maybe some of the ways they bring it about might be different. Show respect for the gifting God has given them, okay? But then the second thing he urges, help these women. And I want to hearken back to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. They shall be called the sons of God. And that's something for each one of us to be involved in, to be a peacemaker. Um, It's easy in our church, you know, in that church there, the Philippian church, I don't think it was huge. And so it's kind of like they couldn't get away from one another. In our day and age, it seems like if people don't get along, they just switch churches. We're, we got all so many churches. And, or you're in a big church and you just sit on the other side of the room and you just never talk to the person and never see him and just avoid one another. They couldn't do that. They were all maybe just were a house church or a few house churches. But when But, but God is pleased when his children— live together in harmony, and sometimes people need someone to help them with this. Sometimes they can't figure it out on their own. And so if you want to be a peacemaker, let me give you just a couple suggestions real quick on what you can do to help bring about peace with someone. Number one, help each person take responsibility for the relationship. In other words, what can they do to make a difference? I have found that when there's disharmony— disunity in a relationship, it's always the other person's fault. If it's in a, in a husband-wife relationship, it's always, if it, it, the husband says it's her fault, the, the wife says it's his fault. 
If it's in a church, it's it's the other person's fault. And you know the problem with that? Nothing ever gets solved then unless the other person changes. And here's a little hint. You can't change the other person. The person you can change is you. You can submit to God. You can come to God. You can say, God, work in my life. God, you need to change me. What do I need to do to make a difference in this relationship, totally apart from what the other person does? In other words, I want to be a good husband, not in order to make my wife happy, but in order to make God happy. I want to be a good wife, not to make my husband happy, to make God happy. If there's a a rift there, it's kind of like, I don't care if they're happy, but I want God to be happy. And that's what motivates me to do my part right. If I'm in a church and there's disunity, I want to do what's right because I want to make God happy. And that other person may not appreciate me. They may not reciprocate with kindness towards me, but I'm doing it for God. I'm going to do my part to be faithful and righteous before God. And then I'll let God work on the other person to bring them if they've got problems they're not dealing with. But with this also, after you help people realize their part, the second thing is almost always a need to ask for forgiveness and to grant forgiveness. I believe this is one of the greatest needs in our culture today. There's so much canceling. There's so much finding fault. There's so much judgment. There's so much, if you don't line up, I don't want anything to do with you. If you don't agree with my thoughts, I don't want anything to do with you. Kids are coming home from college with that way towards their parents. People are that way in the church. The, 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 there's a poison that has entered into our culture, often through some of these woke politics that it's like, uh, it's almost like a cult that if you're not with it, you're canceled, you're out of here. And what we need to do, this is very, very, very painful. What we need to learn how to do more and more in our culture today is to grant forgiveness and ask forgiveness. Hey, listen, if you have canceled someone and, and, and rejected them because of what they believe and their conscience, uh, if they're in your church, maybe you need to get your heart right towards God and towards them. You might wish they were doing something different. There's people I wish in my church would think differently, but I'm, that's no excuse not to love them, no excuse to hate them, no excuse to put up a barrier and say, I want nothing to do with you. Rather, we want to believe in them and love them. And, and, if, and if I have canceled them, I need to forgive them. If they've canceled me and that hurts, if they disrespect me and say, boy, I looked at one of your YouTubes and lied to what you said, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And they're sitting in my own church. Well, I need, to, I need to grant them forgiveness sometimes. Even if they don't want it, I need to make sure my heart is right. How do we do this? We ask for forgiveness. What's really important, if you're asking forgiveness, take some time to stop and think how this hurt them. Put yourself in their shoes. If you ask for if if you offended them on a scale of one to ten, if you offended them at an eight level, and you go apologize at a three level, it's not going to do any good. You've got to apologize at that level of eight, seeing what you did and how it hurt them. And so, take some time to understand that it probably hurt. If you need to apologize, it probably hurt the person you're offending more than you realize. Take some time, see it from their eyes apologize in a way that's necessary, ask their forgiveness at a level that is uh, at the same level of how you've hurt them. And if you grant forgiveness, how do you do this? I think the key is uh, to, to focus on how Jesus has forgiven you. We forgive the way he's forgiven us. Did, did, are we sorry enough for what we've done? No. 
Do we understand every way we've offended him? No. Do we know all of our sins? No. Has he forgiven us anyway? In Christ, yes. And so we are to forgive the way he forgives us. And if we do that, I think we can have greater and greater harmony. Blessed are the peacemakers. If you are a peacemaker, you're a son of God, and he loves that, and he appreciates it, okay? Shall we pray about it? Let's do. Father in heaven, we thank you today for unity, harmony in the church. We thank you for each of our brothers and sisters. We thank you, Lord, even for the ones that test our love, test our unity, ones that have offended us, and you're going to use that somehow, Lord, you use that for our growth, maybe even to enter into the very sufferings of Christ. I pray today, Father, that you would grant us the grace to live in harmony with one another, respecting and appreciating others' gifts and perspectives, all in the all in the pursuit of the glory of God, all under the authority of your word, all recognizing that you're our Lord, but that we have callings that we respect in one another. And I pray, Father, you'd help us to be peacemakers, to forgive, to ask forgiveness, to grant forgiveness, and to be united together in Christ. This brings you glory and and joy. We pray these things and bless you now in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks so much for being along with me today. Don't you love the Word of God? I do. It's so practical. It's so livable. And as we live this way, life is better. It really is. Life is better. So I hope you will come and join us. We come here every day, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live. We get in the Word of God. If you're here live, you can get in the chat, share prayer requests, get to know others. If you watch later in the day, that's fine. Leave a comment in the, in the comment section below. I always like to know who you are. Introduce yourself if you're new. Tell me where you're from, how you know me. And if you can't watch, then listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. God bless you. I'm so glad to have you along. I love you all, and we will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. By the way, I have a trip come up. I'm going to be in Southern California the next few days. So if you are out there and want to hear me on a campus on Wednesday and Thursday, I expect to be on a campus in Orange County Wednesday and then down in San Diego on Thursday. If you're interested, make sure you check out my daily email. Go to TomThePreacher.com where you can sign up for that daily email or uh, watch here, and I'll be announcing my schedules each day, okay? God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.